Front Porch Radio presents Circle Unbroken with Taft Ayers. I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day when I saw that hers come rolling for to carry my mother away Will the circle, circle unbroken episode whatever uh, i don't i don't know the specific number you know we we can label that one day and, and do it however we want to i'm here taft is your host with my main man coach mike hello sir hello how you doing man i am fantastic there we go we just reversed it man yeah i, I was preaching at a church the other day and um it's a it's a like a long meeting where i'm there for several days and i got up for like session three and I got up, and there was this family that had been on the right side the whole time. They were on the left. Uh-oh. And, and about five minutes <laughs> blew your mind. Oh, it's a big family, too. And I, like five minutes into the speech, I said, hey, this is kind of cool seeing y'all over yeah. here. And the guy goes, we just wanted to try the singing out on this side. So I, I just flipped it today. I just got to say that I was fantastic, man. And so it's a good day, Coach. And I want to lead in today just out of the gate talking about some different experiences in my life where I've been interviewed. When you think about an interview, Coach, what what do you think of as far as the way people anticipate just a general interview? Well, it kind of depends on the purpose of the interview. Sure. If it's to report about an event, uh, I think uh, you know, it depends on you know the interviewer's got one agenda. The interviewee is just kind of like what's happening around here, and, and you know I'll tell what I know and, and move on you're looking for a job or you know you're trying to accomplish something there's a whole different approach to that right oh com- completely yeah. there's i have seen people that have if it's for a job for instance let's just use that i have seen people get pretty anxious I uh, talked to a guy the other day, and he's been in a job hunt for a long time, and he's a corporate exec, and so he's not at that point yet of saying he's going to take X, Y, or Z job. He's still looking for these level jobs, you know, a little higher level for him. But the interview practice for him, the whole idea of all these interviews has almost gotten monotonous for him where he said, I'm almost robotic in these. And he said, and I can't decide which is worse, being robotic or being anxiety-filled you know, with, with him from a performance standpoint. And so he told me, he goes, I have an interview coach. And I said, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about your interview coach. What happens? I said, are you paying them money? And he said, you get money. They get money if you land the job. And I said, oh, okay, okay, okay. How does it work? And he said, they, they take me through different interview procedures. Uh, they take me through different questions. And I said, but you're a corporate level exec and you've got an interview coach to me, just, just from a fundamental standpoint, that sounded a little bit beginner level for, for you to do that. And not, not that people that are successful and high level don't work on their crafts. It just, it just struck me as funny out of the gate when he told me this, cause I know him and he said, well, here's the deal. They talk about how you can get kind of lazy. They talk about how when, like, like take a great speaker. A great speaker may not know that they say, um, over and over again, or that they click their tongue, or that they do this. And so they go and they get somebody to refine the craft. And, and then he told me this. He said, Taft, he said, MLB players have hitting coaches. 
And so I said, okay, okay, I'm with you, I'm with you. And I said, so he, he, conv- he convinced me quickly that an interview coach was a good thing. And I said, well, how does it work? And he said, well, we do mock interviews. We, we talk about, hey, here's what this situation could look like. This is what it's like if they ask you this. And I said, okay, for lack of better terms, this is like trial prep. Like when somebody gets somebody ready for, Very much for so. that. And he said, dude, you nailed it. They, they want me to respond a certain way to certain things. And so as he talked about that a little bit more, it made me think about times in my life when I have gone through interviews and I have wondered how I came across. And maybe for our listening audience today, you might be getting ready for an interview. Um, you may be thinking, uh, well, there may be one in my future, depending on how this job goes. Or, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be on the search. I'm going to be looking. I'm going to be doing all these things. And so the first segment today, I want to talk about specifically related to job interviews and, and, and how maybe that feels when somebody is asking you a lot of questions. Well, when somebody is asking you a lot of questions, the idea is for you to put your best foot forward. And the idea is for them to put their best foot forward. You know, if it's a potential employer, uh, ask me questions, tell me questions, maybe flip it at some point and say, do you have any for us? And he said that's one of the things that the professional interviewers or the coaches talk to him about all the time is that they'll say this. They say, we're going to coach you through how to ask the right questions back to them based on the tells of things they said during the interview. You can, if you are attuned to this, you can see different things from how they ask you questions. And I said, man, this is like warfare. And he said, it is, man. He said, it's tough. Yeah, that was one of the first things that uh, in college we were, you know, we went through the interview process as right. teachers. You end up going through a whole bunch sure, of interviews. Sure. And they, they kind of coach you a little bit. And one of the things that they reminded us, they said, kind of help you, kind of help you with your anxiety sometimes is remember, they're interviewing for you as much as you're interviewing for them. Right. You're trying to make a judgment. Do I really want to get involved in this school or do I want to get involved in this business? And, you know, you're, you're kind of feeling them out as they're feeling you out. So, you know, it is a, it is a give and take if you do it properly. And, uh, yeah, you, you want to put your best foot forward. You, you want to, you know, the old classic thing is, you know, highlight your highlights and hide your, you know, and, and hide your weak lights. But, uh, at the same time, you're kind of probing them to figure out, do I really want to be a part of this group? Right. Right. That is the funny piece because I have always found it where when somebody's asking the questions, they're in control when they're, when they're steering it. That's what it's felt like for me. And I've got interview experience in the corporate world. I've got also interview experience in the church world, and that's a completely other <laughs> animal yeah. because a lot of times you'll sit in front of a committee that they're interviewing you, and they have their church face, and then they have their business sense. And it's almost a Jekyll and Hyde thing because they're trying to be uh, Brother Lyle, right? right. They're, they're trying to be you know Deacon Jones when they're talking to you, but then they also run this organization or coach this team, and they've got that piece of them also. And you're thinking, which, which one of them am I getting? You know, which one of those pieces uh, is it going to be? And so it's really, really funny for me to think about the process of an interview and, and how it can trigger people. I've got this buddy who 
he grew up in the country and he grew up in the country and he grew up at one of these churches where they they would have bible class smoke break i mean and the majority of the church would go to smoke break and then they'd have their church services because his church was right in the middle of tobacco country and so all these guys were farmers all these people um were there and he said that it was just a wild atmosphere to go from that to the city and for him going to the city and this is funny cuz you know my context him going to the city was going to the town where our christian university was and not many people call that the big city folks <laughs> if you want to look it up it's henderson tennessee great place not a metropolis but no. for him that was going to the city and so he came there and he, he would talk to me about just different cultures well we go through our time at bible college and it's time for him to go and interview for a job. And so he goes to interview for a job. And, and when he does, he goes to this job interview and he's there and they're talking about this specific church was very rigid when it comes to how they dress. And when I say very rigid, it's one thing. We all know what the term Sunday best means. No matter what year it is, you can say Sunday best, and you're going to think about that for some people it may be as broad as what you wear on Easter. For others, it may be that one outfit that you weren't allowed to play in because it was your Sunday best. You know, um, and, and I'm not getting a theology on it. We just know what that phrase means for a lot of people. And so this was a church that was took that to the next extreme, meaning if you served at the church – in a leadership capacity in any way, form, or fashion publicly, and you were a man, you had to do it full suited. And that was their rule. Well, then also, if you were an employee of the church, like this man, for instance, in the youth minister role, they told him he would have to wear a suit. And he said, okay, if it's my job, you know, whatever, whatever the role is, whatever it requires here, he said, I, I can do that. You know, kind of like if you're listening right now and you go to work somewhere and they say, this is the uniform. If you want to get paid, you wear the uniform. I mean, you don't, there's not a lot of dispute in that. And it can get muddied a little bit with the church, but that, that was the rule. Well, then he found out in the interview process that that meant all the time, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And he said, wait, wait, wait. You want me to wear, uh, there were 65 teenagers he was going to be working with as a youth minister. And he said, you want me to be suited up for them on a, on a Wednesday night? And they said, yeah, that's our rule. And he goes, well, hey, it's, it's still your rule, like whatever. He said, I think that is, he said it's in the interview. And he goes, I think that is giving the wrong message to kids, but you're the bosses. Like, like, like I'll do it. And so says that in the interview. Tells them they're giving the wrong well, you message. Just, you just cut your own throat there. <laughs> well, then watch what he does next. The next step in the interview is they they bring it back. And he said, and now in hindsight, later on, he says, I should have known that in an hour interview, we spent 45 minutes on dress, that this wasn't the church for me for a long time. But, 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 wait, wait, wait. Here's what happens. He then finds out that when they said anybody who serves at the church has to wear the suit. They said in the interview to him, they said, and, and that's anybody, no, no matter where they come from or anything like that. Like, if you're going to do it, you have to wear it. He goes, totally fine. Now, folks, I want you to picture this. This is an interview. It's a young man from the country who's here and now at a big city because he's gone from, you know, Henderson to an even bigger city. And, and there he is, and they're telling him this. And he said, that's your rule. The house rules, I get it. 
where's your closet that has coats and ties in it? And they said, um, sir? And he said, well, if it's a rule that everybody has to do this, is there a closet that has coats and ties in it? And they said, "Why? it's a rule, but why would we have a closet with coats and ties? And he goes, for the members of your church that can't afford one or that don't have one. And they said, we don't have any members like that. And he said, what kind of church is this? <laughs> My man, folks, here's what I want you all to hear. <laughs> My man got hired. He got hired after that because he pricked the heart of somebody in there who said, wow, guys. And you know what they did? They cleaned out an umbrella closet, and lo and behold, they put in suits. So I think that's wild. I think that's crazy. But this was a man who, A, here's what I want you to hear, A, potentially blew up the interview. Okay, and so what I want you to hear is be super careful when you're talking to somebody about going in there and just nuking their whole system. Okay, but there's a B to that. There's a flip side to that. They were never surprised by him on this subject ever again for his tenure. And and here's what happened. He wanted them to know out of the gate Hey, this is something I'm passionate about, and if this is a rule for all, let's make it for all. And so he, they knew then. This wasn't like he came in and said in the interview, oh, this is fine. I get it. It's your rule. No problem. And then he blows it up a year later by saying, you don't care about the poor. and You don't care about the people that don't have a suit. He said out of the gate that he was passionate about this. And so he laid it out for them to know that way it would never be a surprise down the road how he felt about that subject. Now, there is a risk it for the biscuit mentality. I mean, he could have easily had the door slammed on him and not gotten that job. But there was also a piece in there of authenticity to say, yes. hey, this is something that I really care about. And so I want to I want to tell people that there's all these funny things that you'll see in an interview. And sometimes in an interview like this one, which is a very extreme example, you'll see that maybe you have some leaders that will change their minds on something. Maybe they will call an audible on a situation. Yeah, like, like you said, that's a that's a big risk though. Sure. In the interview, process. it sure is. And and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm glad it worked out for you yeah. in, that, in that circumstance. Uh, I had one, you know, when I was interviewing for a coach's right, position, a teaching right. a coach's position, and I was interviewing with the head football coach. Right. Uh, doing this portion of it was with the head football coach, and about his second or third question was, "How many times you've been fired?" Mm, mm, right, right. And right. I just kind of looked at him like, uh, you know, really hadn't thought about talking about when I got fired. <laughs> sure, not, I'm, right. I'm trying to put my best foot forward, not my, you know, not my failures yeah. or whatever. And I kind of, you know, well, I've been, you know, I've been let go a couple of times in, in this or that in that circumstance. And he said, okay. He said, good, then we can continue. And I just kind of looked at him like, continue? Yeah. And he 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 kind of saw my puzzled look, and he said, "I want coaches who will stand up and talk with me." Right. And he goes, "And if you've never been fired, all you are is a yes man." Mm. Mm. That's absolutely true. And it was just kind of like, oh, you know, he says, "Because," and he, this is where I got this phrase at one time. He says, "If we're all saying the same thing, one of us isn't necessary." Right. Well, that's good. And so it was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, and, and, you know, 
we went on. Now, unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't, partic- I didn't get this particular position, but it was kind of an eye opener about you know an attitude, and 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 it kind of when I got the opportunity to be the head coach, and right. I would sit down with my assistants and and kind of relate this idea to them. Now, I wasn't worried about whether they got fired or not, but at the same time, you know, it was I want you to know, you know, from the get go. You know, I do want you to stand up, if you, especially if you think I'm wrong or you think there's another way. Right. Stand up. And I guess that's that's one thing. You know, that's what this your your friend did mm-hmm. was kind of like, I'm going to let you know that I'm you know, if I think this is something that needs to be adjusted. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to yeah. say it to you. Yes. And, I, and if you want to hire me, you need to know that from the beginning. Uh, you know, and, and so you know, one thing: be yourself. Sure. Sure. Be respectful. Be you know, understand the process, but at the same time, you, you got to be yourself. It's and, that and there's a power to be, that. Yeah. And, and they'll interviewers, especially job, will see through a facade. Yes. Really, really fast. And, and then if it's like you said, if it is a facade, the problem happens. Uh, my oldest son is now, he is in this mode, coach, of discovering all the songs and, and shows that my wife and I liked when we were kids. And so we kind of go down memory lane with them. Fun fact is there's a couple of them that we'll watch and do with them where we didn't realize it was as bad as it was. It's different when you have kids. Like, I remember, <laughs> I remember he, a few years back, he was like, I really want to watch. Oh, this will blow your mind. Um, I really wanted to watch, and he was younger, but he wanted to watch Back to the Future. I was like, dude, th- those movies are hilarious. They're great. And we watched them. I'm like, dude, it cusses so much more than I thought it did well, back yeah, in the day. That was one of those, uh, and maybe just my ignorance yeah. in high school and, and stuff like that. Uh, we went to go, you know, girl I was dating at the time, we went to go watch Grease. Yeah. Oh, sure. Thought it was a fun deal, right. you know, kind of fantasy, but yeah. it was kind of a fun deal or something like that. Well, it comes around. You know, <laughs> I, now I'm the daddy and, and I'm coming here with young teenagers, and all of a sudden, I watch. I'm like, oh my goodness. We we, <laughs> we watched Greece with my older two kids, and I had to pause it and explain. And then, if we're going to be real truthful, at one point I had to have my wife explain something to me. <laughs> but I but saw I'm, that to say he's he's on this Fresh Prince kick, and th- that's what he's watching right now. It's Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which I loved yeah. as a kid. Well, the other day he's watching an episode, and he said, "Dad, this is funny." And what happened in the episode is Will gets trapped with this girl in an earthquake. And they're they're in this room together. They, they can't get out. When they're trapped in there, he thinks this girl is just the prettiest girl ever. Well, as more time goes by, she winds up taking out her hair extensions, her eyelashes, her fingernails, and he goes, "What's next? Like, what are you fixing to take off?" And she she goes from being this beautiful girl to him to to it's a facade. And a lot of times, we're going to come back after the break and talk about this. A lot of times, you put your best foot forward in an interview. But when you put your best foot forward in an interview, it can be a facade because you start taking this piece off and that piece off, and people are going, this is not what I bargained for. And interviewers are practiced at yes. doing just that. Yep, yep. Be ready for that. They can bang on it, look at it, and figure it out. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the game that is the interview. Featuring Tonino Baliardo, return to Nashville. 
with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. Is this the year to get a John Deere compact tractor from TriGreen? Well, you know they're tried and true machines that are built to last. Now's the time to get a compact tractor with 0% for 84-month financing with no money down. When you get a 3025E with a loader for $280 a month, that's a price that just won't last long. We also have a 1025R tractor starting at $231 per month or choose $1,500 cash discount. Either one can make your year. Visit TriGreenEquipment.com to learn more. Offerings July 31, 2023. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. This is Coach Traders Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They're timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. 
The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. We are back here on Circle Unbroken. I'm your host, Taft Ayers, joined in by the one and only, the legend, Too Hot Mike. Hello, sir. <laughs> Got too him. hot. Huh? Got him. Wow. <laughs> too, wow. Too one, hot. One, one of these days, I'm actually going to live up to live up to the nickname. <laughs> hey, the internet's a wild thing. With AI and all those things, we, we could create some really great too hot pictures <laughs> and, and see what happens. And that was our last day at Kennedy Broadcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Started our venture. We are talking today about the whole game that is the interview process. Uh, if you are somebody who's looking in your life at new things on the horizon, or maybe I, I need to get this new position in my own company. Like sometimes there's the interview process. Uh, full disclosure, I'm a huge college football fan. I'll drill that down a little bit more. I'm a huge Florida Gators fan. I love Stephen or Spurrier. Uh, he is a guy to me ever since I talked to him as a young child that was just kind to me when everyone else thought he was unkind. He was polite when I was around him when everybody else said, this guy is a jerk. And if you don't know this, this is the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier. And after he spent a good little run at the University of Florida where he won, a lot of people don't know this or haven't paid attention, where he won a Heisman there in 1966. He was a quarterback and a kicker, came back, and then as a coach won a national championship there and produced a Heisman winner. And so he left, did a little stint in the NFL, and fun fact, he wanted to come back to Florida. He wanted to come back to Florida after Ron Zook before they hired Urban Meyer, and he put his name in the ring. He said, hey, I'd like to come back to Florida. And they said, give us your resume, and let's do the process. And he said, um, the resume, the only Heisman trophies you have have come from me. The national championship came from me. Um, newsflash, I named it the swamp. 
Hey, all, all these yeah. different things come from me. And you want a resume? You want a piece of paper? It was almost this idea for him of saying, this interview feels like arbitrary. Like, like this is not something that we really need to go through. It's me. Some people could write that off as arrogance and say, come on, dude, it's a job. You got to go through it. There's other moments where, coach, I've been approached about preaching positions. And let's say I had another job at another time and someone said, hey, we'd love for you to come be our preacher. Well, there's a difference. I've had to teach my kids this in, in competitive sports. There's a difference in saying, I'd love for you to consider this position and you're the guy. My son will get approached by a team and they'll say, hey, we'd love for you to come check us out. We'll come check them out. And afterwards, he said, man, that's cool. Let's do it. I said, buddy, they haven't offered you a spot. Like they, they want you to come and see it. And I've had to and explain they want to come that to see him. you. Yes, yes. <laughs> see what and, you. and he has said that to me before. And I said, buddy, uh, for a while there, I wouldn't even do a job interview with the church because I knew it was going to really hurt my family if I went there and didn't get it. Like, like if I was going to do the preacher parade where you go through and we want him, we want him, we don't want him, we want him. It, it was not going to work for us because it would hurt a lot of people. It would hurt the church where we were. It would hurt maybe a secular employer I had at the time if they thought I was just like wandering eyes and wanted to leave. And so there were times when I wasn't being arrogant, but I would say, I can't afford to go through the interview process. If we want to where I am in my life right now, if you want to do a clandestine uh, conversation where you say, hey, we got this guy, but we're not going to do the whole you know, regular interview, then that's fine. But if not, I'm not built for it because there's a vulnerability that you have when you watch this, folks, subject yourself to the process of being interviewed. You, you are saying, here am I. Take a look. Not only where you're headed, but where you are. Of course. Yep. You yep. Know, you know, the questions now come up. Now, sometimes it's, you know, like where I've been in the coaching position, they know. Yes. You know, the people you're, you're they know you're not coming back. They've decided, you know, for you probably a lot of times that you're not the one that, you know they're going to go with. So they're a lot more open to you going to an interview situation and stuff like that. But if you're established where you are and, and everybody seems to be happy with where you are and all of a sudden now they find out you're stepping out to you're, – you're going to an interview. Right, right. Why are, – are you unhappy here? Are you leaving it? Is, you know, is there something wrong here? What what's the and, and now the like you said the, that that water gets really muddy, and even if you don't, that interview that you go to doesn't pan out to anything. Right now the questions have been established where you are. Mm, mm, yes, and and you could almost create a situation now where you have to. What move does on. this correct and. Uh, where you weren't really necessarily looking, you were just hey somebody like you said somebody out of the blue says, Hey, we like what you're doing over here. Come take a look at us. <laughs> right. And, right. And see what's going on. Well, okay. You know, I'm always open to new idea, you know, new, new possibilities and stuff like that. You got to think about that mm -hmm. because, you know, especially, you know, loyalty, loyalty is one of the things they want to know. That's exactly right. And, and uh, that's something I always, I always made it a point to go to my principal before I ever made it known that I was going anywhere if I was you know, a teacher or coach, I said, listen, this situation's come up. You know, it's not that I'm unhappy here. I'm not, but they've invited me. And I think I need to go mm -hmm. take a look at this. Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, up front with my boss, with my supervisor, my immediate supervisor. And, and um, usually that, that, that went pretty well. You know, again, sure. 
principals I worked with understood coaches move, coaches move up at the, up the ladder if they can, all that stuff. Um, but there was always those, you know, those ones, especially as a teacher and a coach, your players and your students. Hey, why, why are you, why are you looking somewhere else? You know, is it, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but they wonder when you get into that, you, like you said, you need to kind of know the, what the aftermath could be. Sure. And at least be ready to address it. Yeah. Are you, are you ready to risk it life? Yeah. And that's the thing. Life is an interview and it's happening all the time that there's a little buddy that we know here in town. One of my, fr- one of my kids friends, and he's in a relationship with a girl and she asked him, he had attention towards another girl or another girl had attention towards him. And she said, do you like her? And we talk about vulnerability. The young man said, I'm confused. Well, that, that's like a, he's being honest, but that dude, you're, you're, you're in trouble, bro. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, like you're opening yourself up. To yeah. So when you tell somebody I'm going to interview there, I love it here, but I'm going to interview that, butt is big. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it, because it's okay. Why? Let's talk about it. Yes, there's leverage. Yes, there's let's talk about this opportunity. You don't think you can move up here. You don't think you can expand or grow here. Maybe you can go to the interview. Then we'll talk about it. Like that's a healthy way for somebody to engage. There's other work environments when you tell them, hey, out of respect, I want you to know I'm, I'm doing this interview. And all of a sudden, you know, the minute you tell them, your clock starts ticking. Yep. And a lot of people go into their new interview or the next interview with that in the back of their mind and may fudge, may twist something because they know, dude, I'm done. The minute I told them I was going to this interview, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I've got to get this one. And so there's this pressure to perform. Well, there's always, you know, again, and my perspective is from the, the coaching and the yeah. teaching situation. Most of my times when I was going into interviews was because I knew where I was coming from wasn't mm-hmm. going to stay. They had already right. let me know that they were going to go on yeah, to the next sure. coach and stuff like that. And I went in trying not to project the idea, i got to have this job. Right. I need this job right. because, you know, you – What's you the number one quality of you? I'm desperate. desperate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. desperate for a right. job. And – um so you know you wanted that air of confidence. You wanted that air of uh, flexibility. You know, sure. I don't have to have you either. You know, <laughs> but at the same time, in the back of my head, going, yeah, I, re- I really need this one. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so uh, there, like you said, there's that game, that gamesmanship, oh, yeah, of of you know the confidence versus the need, yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, if if again, one of those things. The employer's in the same boat. You know, he's got to have somebody. That's why he's, that's why, you know, he's got to fill a position and he's got to fill it with good people. Correct. Right. You know, he, he's kind of looking around like, do I, hey, I got it. Maybe do I have a good candidate here? Or, you know, he's coming from a situation where he got let go. Okay. What, what baggage is he bringing with him? And, right. and their job is to probe and find that and, you know, find out what they can. And sometimes it's just not a fit. Well, and, get, and, to and, that and, and then you get in and, and you find, you know, your new spot, it fits better. Right. Right. And everything goes better. That's the, again, that's the, uh, that, that's the game that you're playing and, and, you do, and the you, uncertainty that you're playing with. You've got to do your homework too, as the person going in. Uh, Dave Ramsey runs, you know, his huge organization. Doesn't matter how you feel about him. The organization is huge. Okay. And he said one of the worst things you can do when you go to an interview at his organization is start talking about your politics. 
start talking about all these different policies that you feel passionate about. He said, because do your homework. He said, Dave says, I'm not a left winger. So, so do your homework when you come in here. Like, I don't want a place where that's going to be, you know, a, a toxic trait here all the time because we do things on a more conservative, you know, basis over here. And he said, so, so do your know homework. that coming in. Yeah, know yeah. it out of the gate. And I've, I've got uh, stories of people that I have sent fellows to different job interviews. I love, I, I've done it a lot in my life, coach, but if I could make a full living out of just connecting people, I would do it. It's, it's so fun for me to say, hey, you meet her. You meet him. The, the, the jargon of the business is called a headhunter. Yes. Yeah. It's so yeah. much fun for me to, to connect people and, and to put them together. The issue for me is sometimes there's somebody I know in one context who's fabulous, and then they go somewhere else, and they didn't read the room. They didn't do their homework. And, and a lot of times for me, it comes to there, there was a one time I sent a fellow to a place to an interview, and these were two good friends of mine. And he went to interview. He did a really good job. And afterwards, I asked the guy that he interviewed with, I said, well, what do you think, man? I'm, I was just following up. And he said, I, this sounds so vain, and it sounds so so wild to you. And he said, but he came to the interview in flip-flops. And I said, okay, because I knew the position. I knew what what they wanted. And he said, it drove me crazy. And I said, I, I get it. I said, now that's him. That That's who he is. I didn't tell him not. I didn't think to tell him not to. And he said, but for the position that I was putting him in potentially, he said, that wasn't going to fly here. Like the flip-flops weren't going to work in, in this spot. Was there homework that he could have done? Maybe. Is it intrinsically bad to wear flip-flops to your interview? No. I mean, but just do your homework. You can, you can figure out the role, the title, whatever, whatever you know, position you're from. Flip that over at a university. I uh, had a fellow who was a VP in a certain area, and, and he was interviewing a guy. And he was interviewing a guy that I had sent, and it was a room full of higher-level execs. And these higher-level execs were guys who had heavy start shirts. They had their coats. I mean, this, this was their uniform for how they worked. And so we talked a little bit about the guy, and I said, well, how did he do? And he said, man, he, he did a good job. He was, he was fun. He was engaging. You could, you could see his heart. And, but I pulled him aside afterwards and said, I think we're going to be able to get you hired. He said, okay. And he goes, I feel like there's a butt coming. He goes, but this is, this is what my buddy said to him. I just need to say this in the most straightforward way possible. And the guy looks at him and says, yeah. He goes, you are better than that shirt. And he looked at him and he said, that's the most wrinkled mess I have ever seen. And every time you gave a good answer, all Everyone's eyes while I was watching them. They were trying to keep their eyes on you, and then they were going, "What is that?" Like they look like a look like a map where you see the the hills on there. And he said it was driving me. It was just driving me crazy, bro. And he told him, he said, "I just need you to know this. We're not being fake or shallow or vain over here. But you're better than that shirt." He said, "This day and age, you don't even have to have an iron. You could throw that sucker in the dryer, you know." And so he was he was telling him this. On that note, there's a guy here in town who, who I love, and his name is Chris Schrader. He owns you know a whole dry cleaning outfit. And if you look in the, the front windows of his uh, diff- different locations, he has a sign-up that says, if you are going to a job interview and you need dry cleaning for that, it's on the house. 
And it's it's a really cool thing because he he wants people he wants to be an asset and a tool to people as they go in there. Now clothes aren't the only thing. Let's not get lost on that. Clothes aren't the only thing. But saying hey, I cared enough to show up today and to put a foot forward. There is a piece to that that people appreciate. When we come back, we're going to have a little bit more fun talking about the interview game and how you can make steps to let it not drive you absolutely crazy. The unbroken, by and by, Lord, by and by. There's a Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hosts for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. 
Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Did you know that 70% of Americans age 65 or older will need some form of long-term care in their lives? And even more frightening, 7 out of 10 people who go into long-term care will become completely impoverished within one year. It doesn't need to be that way. You do not need to go broke in the nursing home. Call Perchowski Estate Law to learn how you can protect your life savings and hard-earned property from the high cost of long-term care. Call me at 931-363-7222. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back to Circle Unbroken. I'm your host, Taft Ayers, joined in by my man, Coach Mike. Welcome back, sir. Glad to be here. Coach, hit us with the good news about a show coming up. Yes, coming on Saturday, November 4th. Everybody mark your calendar for that. Saturday, November 4th, the Gypsy Kings will be returning to Nashville or coming to Nashville to perform their greatest hits at TPAC, Andrew Jackson Hall. Uh, again, Saturday, November 4th, the Gypsy Kings have sold over 20 million records worldwide and received a Grammy in 2013 in the Best World Music category. Tonina Bellardo has collaborated on film works such as uh, You've Got a Friend uh, with uh, in the big, uh, excuse me, in Toy Story 3 in the Big Lebowski where he remixed Hotel California. This is a talented ensemble and you don't want to miss this live show performance. Tickets and details are available at TonyBoyardo.com, a loud and live production. Also, stay in tune here at 101.7 because we have about 30 tickets that as we get closer to the show, we're going to be coming up with a way to, to give those, to give those free tickets out for this fantastic show. So mark your calendar on Saturday, November 4th and stay tuned for a chance at some free tickets. If not, this is still a great show to go see. 
Thank you, Coach. That's going to be a cool thing for everybody, and we love providing opportunities like that for our listeners. And we're also thankful for people that trust us with our platform to advertise your show, your business, anything. So uh, always hit us up for that if you need help with any type of advertisement. We are talking today about the interview game, about what happens when somebody comes in and says, hey, I would like to apply for this job. Here's the interview. And you wonder, how's this going to go? Man, maybe I'm a little anxious about it. I don't know what to do in this interview. Sometimes it can be tough because sometimes the expectations from a from a potential employer can be extraordinary. They can say, all right, we're looking for somebody ages 22 to 26 with 30 years of experience. And you're like, what? What? That's, there's no way. Hey, I'm not a great math person. Right. Okay, that's right. why I taught English. I can't. But <laughs> that, say, those, I, even I know those numbers don't. That's match. right. They don't match up, and it seems almost impossible uh, to look at it and to think about it. Then also, you can ask somebody a question. When I got out of doing, when I say got out of, when I no longer took a full time paycheck from a church, one of my first jobs, coach, was I, I prayed to the Lord and said, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Like, I got I don't know where my skill set will take me. Well, I wound up with a job where I, I interviewed for it, and it was a very casual interview over coffee with a buddy who owned a, owned a business, but we talked, and he said, I'd like for you to come on board, and my role out of the gate was twofold. I was a corporate chaplain with 46 employees, and I was also the director of marketing and new acquisitions. And so what I would do is I would kind of have this inside-out approach. I would work as a corporate chaplain on individual needs and company culture. Then it was my job opportunity, responsibility, task to turn and bring people in to that culture that were good culture fits. And so I would ask some really fun questions when I would interview them because I'm, I'm already the corporate chaplain who can see, okay, this person in this role is anxious because we had a counseling session and they told me about it. So if I'm going to put this person here, I've got to find which skill sets work the best to put them in this, which personal qualities Okay, so you weren't would in work. charge of recruiting new work. You were in charge of orienting what was already there. I would orient what was there and then fill in the positions. Okay. But they were small because – A little, it, different, little yeah. different concept. Oh, it was super different because at this point they had 46 employees and there were a lot of things going on with the government where certain companies did not want to rise above a certain number of employees. They wanted to keep them – at a certain level. So it almost became very drilled down to get the best ones. We need two right here. We don't need 12, you know? And so I was very, very fine tuned in this process. And I remember interviewing a guy one time and out of the gate, I didn't think he was the one I, I just, I had done the things. I had looked them up kind of like when somebody gets booked for the interview and you do a little bit of additional homework I did a little bit of additional homework, and I thought, man, this this just isn't going to fit his trajectory that, that he wants in life. Well, I want to tell you this. If you're going to do an interview, let me tell you what he said that wound up getting him the job. I asked him, I said, I, I just want to ask you this out of the gate. Why? And I wasn't being insulting. Well, let me let me rephrase this. My intent was not to be insulting. I said, why do you want this job? A really common question. Right. I said, why do, why do you want this job? And he looks at me, and this smile comes over his face. And this smile comes over his face, and he says, well, I've always felt passionately about not starving to death. 
<laughs> and coach, that did it for me. Like he yeah. he said that to me, and, and when he said that to me, I went, I chuckled, and it warmed me up. It warmed me up to the side of him who I said, this is a hustler. Like, this is a guy who has some grit to him. He, he told me, yeah, you can focus on any word in that, in that sentence. You can focus on why do you want this job or why do you want this job? Like, like you, you can right. focus on however he perceived that I meant it. He flushed those things and said, I like to eat. And I, I like to eat, and so I view this as something that I can do to further the nutritional goals of this family. And, dude, there was just something about him. And, and when he told me that, it made me laugh. And so I want to tell people, don't try to be a stand-up comedian in your interview. However, there is a public speaking rule that when you're speaking to a group of people, if you can make them laugh – Every seven minutes, once every seven minutes, if you can make them laugh every seven minutes, it's a psychological fact that it will open them up and warm them up to hear the next truth you want to present. And the reason that they say seven minutes is if you take a normal oration and let's say it's a let's say it's a 30 minute oration, the odds are good. You're going to try to give them three or four core truths. And so it says, as you give those, if you can make them laugh at one point within that time, the psychological impact of that warms them up to hear the serious thing that you're going to say. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If the person that is interviewing you laughs because of something you say, and I don't mean laughs because you're ignorant, (laughs) that's not the job for you, but I'm saying laughs because of there's something in your wit or, or your dialogue with them know that you've got a little window there for the next thing you're going to say. It's going to land on fertile soil. Because when he said that, I laughed and I went, (laughs) and he said, I mean it, man. And he said, there is nothing. When I go to work at a place, there is nothing that falls under the category of that's not my job. And I heard that because of what he said beforehand. Right. Uh, that that was a very special thing. It showed me a little bit about his character, Coach. Yeah. Uh, you also you, you as if, as you laughed at it, you also got his motivation. Correct. I I I need to take care of my family. Right. Right. You know, or I need to take care of me if I'm you know if he's single, and then he couches that with, I will do whatever you assign to me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There, there's the serious part of that is right. that you know yes I want this position. But I'm not only this position. Correct. I will do whatever this company. Now he's put the company at the top of his priority list as far as the job is concerned. He's just signaled that to you, whether whether you caught that signal or not. He sent that signal. Sure. That said, I'm going to put the company first, and if the company needs me to go dig a ditch in the front yard before I go out and make a sales pitch, then yeah i'll bring my mm-hmm. i'll bring my jeans and let's go to work oh, yeah. get the ditch done and then i'll go sell i'll go sell the ads if that's what my job right. is right and uh you know and, and and again as the employer knowing that hey you know this guy will do you we may have to shift some things you you, you just said right. i have to shift sure. things he's he's open to that yes and, and it was that's a, that's somebody that we might be able to use you know it was encouraging fun fact about that guy coach he is now an elite business owner and so it, it's pretty special uh to think about people like that that you can see grow 
with what they do. And I even took pieces of that in my own life. I've shared with you mm-hmm. that this week I am going back and forth. I'm putting some miles on my car uh, going to preach at a church that I love. And that is not my full-time job, but I'm going to preach at that church. And it's a lot of preaching in a short period of time. It's, it's what people would call a revival or a gospel meeting. And I'm going to preach the gospel. I mean, I, I love it. The reason I said yes to it, though, the, the motivation for me outside of preaching the gospel is the funds that I receive for preaching a gospel meeting in a short period of time at this time of year, anytime I take a speaking engagement this time of year, it always is accepted and executed because this is the time of year that my wife buys all of our kids' clothes for the school year. And if I can make mama know it's it's covered in yep. this check. And you know what? I learned that from that kid. I learned that from him when he said to me that day, I have a, a huge motivation. You know, I am very passionate about not starving to death. I'm very passionate about my family. And so I'm going to hustle to say, these are things I'm going to do. These are the things that pay for them. You know, this is how I handle that. And it changes your perspective on everything when it comes to the, the earnings that you're going to have. There, there's another interview example of a pretty big company around here and a young man who's interviewing at this company, and he's interviewing at the company, and they hit him with the same version of that question. The same version of that question was, why do you want this job? What do you have that you think really makes you the candidate or the fit for this job? And his response in the interview was, I don't, I don't really want this job. Well, as he says that, you look around and there's two people from HR, there's two people on the sales team, and there's a VP, and there's somebody else zooming in. Uh, who, who They're all watching this. And you, you could hear uh, is a pin drop. What are we even doing here? Midday, if you don't want this job. Pause, pause. And then his next line was this. I just want to work at this company. I love the core values of this company. I love this place. This is just the job that I'm interviewing for right now because it's available. I just want to be here. That warmed up the room. Now, he had done his homework on the position and was able to talk about the position later, but he also planted a seed in them to where if they saw something in that interview about him, if they saw something in that interview about him, they could say, you know what? He may be better suited over here. He, he, you know what? He, this may be somebody that we can plug and play over here because there's a lot of people with a skill set. And a lot of people have a skill set where they can go into this job, but they, they won't fit the culture. When he answered it this way, they saw him as a culture fit and said, you know, we can train you for the job. This person oh, yeah. is it's- a culture fit. They look and see this. I just want to be here. In your coaching role, somebody comes to you as the head coach, and they if they don't come to you and say, I should be the offensive coordinator because this, 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 and this. Well, I've got one. I don't need one. You're not going to fit in this role. They came. They said, Coach, I've been watching your program for years. I've been watching your program for years, and it's time for me to go into the workforce. And I love your program and how you build men. And I will sweep. I will fill up the coolers. I will do anything I have to do to take those loads off of everybody else, just call me an assistant, and I just want to be in the building. That's, that is potential for you to say, you know what? 
and if they have an offensive mind. Right. And if they do that. And you'll we, figure that out as yes. you go through the, yes. through the interview. There's uh, a piece of that. Yeah. Uh, the willingness to do what the company needs as opposed to coming in here. I've got I, – I can fill this niche. I'm not really good in this one. Yes. kind of like, no, I, I, I'm going to come in here and I'm working for you. If you need me, like yeah, if you need me to dig a ditch, I'm going to dig a ditch. If you don't, if you need me to do something else, I'll do mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. Let me finish with this. As somebody that's been on both sides of the table, I have something that my wife sent to my family recently, and it says this: Never say that's not my job. That oozes arrogance and laziness. Chip in to help with what needs to be done, even if it's not your responsibility. Let that come out in the DNA of your interview, and never, ever, ever waver from what you think is important from the interview to your daily work hope this helps thanks for being here with circle unbroken i was standing by my